Welcome to the Music Law Podcast with entertainment attorney Mark Quayle. The information in this podcast is not to be construed as legal advice. For any questions of a legal nature, it is strongly recommended that you seek legal counsel in your local jurisdiction. Mark Quayle can be found on the internet at markquayle.com. That's Mark with a K, Q-U-A-I-L dot com. Hi, and welcome to this installment of the Music Law Podcast. I'm Mark Quayle. In this podcast, I'm going to cover the main contract points of a musical artist management agreement. I won't be covering every single point one might have questions on, but I'll certainly cover the most important ones, and in doing this, I'll try to provide a sense of what you should be looking for in a management contract. Before I begin here, there's a difference I want to point out between a personal manager, which is the type of manager contemplated in the contracts we're about to look at, and a business manager. A personal manager handles career guidance and day-to-day matters related to recording, touring, press, and publicity, etc. A business manager generally only looks after the money earned by the artist and provides specialized advice on what to do with that money, whether that be investments or tax planning. Most musical artists have personal managers. Only the successful artists will have business managers because until there's some cash flow, there's not much for a business manager to do. And so, now on to the contract terms. The first point to cover is that of exclusivity. What exactly is exclusivity? In short, it means that the artist cannot hire anybody else to provide the same services as the manager. The artist is exclusive to that manager. The reason for this term is the avoidance of chaos. Just as too many cooks can spoil the broth, so can too many managers bog down a career. Because of the necessity of the concept of exclusivity, any artist and manager looking to get into a business relationship had better be very sure of the other party's abilities because in signing a management contract you are in a sense getting married. You had better believe in one another and trust one another and if those feelings are not held I'd recommend you look elsewhere rather than sign a contract. Conversely though these contracts do not require that the manager be exclusive to the artist. The manager may have several other musical artist clients on his or her roster. In fact, several working clients is usually the sign of a decent manager in this business, so as an artist you should not fret too much about this provision. The next point to cover is that of the term. How long should a management contract last? These contracts are generally set up as a series of five one-year periods. The first one-year period commences and at the end of that period the manager has the option to extend the contract for a further year and so on until all the one-year options are used up. The options are usually exercised at the manager's discretion. In the first draft of any of these contracts the artist will have little say in whether the options can be exercised. Many artists and many artist lawyers will feel uncomfortable about getting into what will basically be a five-year contract and so they seek to add some performance objectives that must be obtained or met by the manager in the relevant one-year period before that manager can exercise the next option. For example, at the end of the first year, a reasonable performance objective 
may require the manager to have caused the artist to earn a certain amount of money or to have obtained a recording or publishing contract for the artist. Such performance objectives can basically be anything the parties agree on, but preferably something that is going to further the artist's career. If the manager does not obtain the performance objective, then the manager does not have the automatic right to extend the term of the contract, and one of two things can happen. Number one, the manager and the artist can mutually decide to continue with the relationship, or number two, the artist can terminate the term of the contract and go elsewhere for management services. The next point is a brief one. Most management agreements will set out a list of the duties that the manager is to perform and it will provide that the manager is to quote advise and counsel end quotes the artist on professional matters and generally guide the artist's career. Review the list carefully to make sure it covers what each party expects and excludes those things that are unnecessary. Now the next section will cover an area that I get questions on all the time. What is the manager's compensation for his or her services? A manager generally receives a portion of the artist's gross income. Gross income means every dollar that is earned from the artist's career in the entertainment industry before other expenses are deducted. Some management contracts are based on net income. That means that certain expenses that the artist has can be deducted before the manager takes their commission, but these contracts are rare. Managers generally need to run an office and employ staff, and the commissions on a net income style of contract are often not enough to do that. The commission rates generally seen these days range from 10 to 25 percent, with the majority of contracts at 15 to 20 percent of gross income. In Canada, the manager will also have to charge the goods and services tax on the commissions earned. This requirement does not exist in the United States. While the manager's commission is generally based on gross income, there are several exclusions or deductions to the gross income that are generally acceptable to the manager. These exclusions are generally monies received by the artist to pay for other things to enhance their career. In other words, these are monies that will not stay in the artist's pocket but simply flow through the artist's bank account on the way to pay for other items. An example of such exclusions would be the payments that a record company might make to an artist to pay for the production of a record or a video, for independent promotion or for tour support. These exclusions from the gross income should be set out in detail in the management agreement. How long will the manager receive these commissions or will these commissions continue to be paid to the manager even after the term of the contract is over? Generally, a manager will look to receive commissions forever derived from those contracts that they got for the artist. Artist lawyers will generally seek to limit this ability to collect forever with the argument that the artist's next manager will need these income sources from which to collect their commissions. The manager or the manager's lawyer may respond that the manager should be able to retain those commissions forever because that is the way this business works. If the band is successful, it's generally a team effort, and so the manager should be able to reap the fruits of those labors for as long as they last. What happens in the end will be determined by the bargaining power of the parties and how they feel about each other going into the relationship. 
I have seen some situations where an artist and their manager have come up through the clubs and the road tours together, and they have risen to their level of professional success by sticking together. And so they came to quick agreement about piecing the manager in for his commission forever on the contracts he acquired. I have also seen other situations where a manager is retained by an artist that has already had some level of success, and there were restrictions on the length of time that the commissions would be collected by the manager. In that case, because the manager saw that there was going to be a ready cash flow from the artist's career because that artist had already obtained a level of success, the manager had an easier time accepting that commissions would be limited after the term was over. One possible solution to some of these situations may be the use of a sunset clause in relation to the commissions that a manager can receive. A sunset clause is so named because the commissions will go down or decrease each year after the term of the contract has been terminated. Under such a mechanism, in the first year after the term is up, the commissions may remain at 20%. In the second year, they decrease to 15% in the third year to 10% and so on until after a period of a few more years where they decrease to 0%. That way a manager is able to reap some of the benefits of his or her labor for a period of time after the term and the artist regains that income for use in commissioning another manager. Let's discuss payments to the artist next. If the manager is collecting all the artist's income on the artist's behalf, how often is the artist paid by the manager? The solution to this should be set out in any management agreement in clear language and it generally involves payments every 30 to 90 days. On somewhat this same topic, if a manager loans the artist money, how is that treated in the contract? One can expect to see contractual language that says that if the manager loans the artist money, that loan will be repaid as soon as funds are available in the artist's account and that that loan will be repaid from the artist's share of monies after the manager has taken his or her commission. Our next topic is conflicts of interest. A conflict of interest arises when an artist's professional advisor is placed in a situation where he or she is on both sides of the question. An artist manager should guide the artist with that artist's best interest in mind. If the artist is also signed to the manager's record label or publishing company, there may be occasions where the manager is tempted to encourage the artist to go in one particular direction, whatever that may be, because it would suit the interest of the record label more than it would suit the artist's overall career. There is no easy answer to this situation because of the nature of the music business. An artist may find that the only real way they can get a record onto the retail shelves is by signing with the manager's label, as every other label has turned them down. Much depends on the actual facts of the situation in which the artists find themselves, and so the best way to proceed is to act prudently and review the facts with your legal counsel so as to make the most educated decision before proceeding. Within a management contract, one will likely find a clause giving the manager the power to sign contracts on behalf of the artist and in so doing legally bind that artist for the supply of the artist's services. This is called a power of attorney. This clause can be quite short in some contracts and quite detailed in others, but it generally comes down to the same thing. The artist is allowing the manager to sign contracts on his or her behalf. 
Such an arrangement was certainly convenient in the days before fax machines, but even in the era of emails and electronic communication, having the manager take care of some basic day-to-day -day contracts can still be a benefit to the artist. However, there should be some restrictions placed on what the manager can sign the artist up for. Such restrictions might include terms requiring that the contract be for a short duration, like a one-night-only performance and not three weeks in one location. An artist would also be wise to withhold a power of attorney for any matter involving the use of the artist's name and likeness. Such powers of attorney are often described in contracts as being irrevocable during the term. That means that the artist can't take the power of attorney back from the manager. All the more reason to make sure that if a power of attorney is given to the manager, that it is given with tight reins. It would be wise for the artist or the artist's lawyer to seek extra language be added to the contract, requiring that the manager forward copies of all documents signed under the power of attorney to the artist and the artist's lawyer. Finally, one will also see a power of attorney described as being coupled with an interest. This is an extra level of protection afforded to the manager, and it strengthens the power of attorney given to the manager. It usually arises in the context of a manager making loans to the artist which are to be repaid from the artist's earnings. The next point I want to review is the key person clause. This paragraph in a management agreement usually identifies a certain person on the management team and provides that if that person leaves the company, then the artist has the option to terminate the term of the contract. Such an arrangement is obviously beneficial to an artist given the personal nature of the artist-manager relationship, and it also ties in nicely with my earlier comment about such relationships operating like a marriage. Just as one cannot easily replace one spouse with another, one cannot always easily replace a manager. I admit it's not impossible, but that's why I emphasize the word easily. Our next point is how to handle management expenses. Part of any manager's job is to keep the business of the artist moving forward. To do this, the manager sometimes has to pay for things, airline tickets, courier costs, publicity photos, etc. As one would imagine, the manager will seek to be reimbursed for this, and that's all well and good. The problems arise when managers spend large amounts of money on items that the artist takes exception with after the expense has been incurred. The artist may not agree that the expense should have been incurred in the first place or that it was too expensive. To keep these unpleasant surprises to a minimum, the artist should seek to add a provision to the agreement that requires the manager to obtain the artist's prior written consent before incurring expenses above a certain monetary level, say $500 to $1,000 per month. The actual amount can be a subject for discussion when putting the contract together, and it should reflect the day-to-day -day business realities for the particular artist in question. Our next point concerns the situation of a band member leaving the group. In most management contracts, a manager will seek to sign each member of the group individually to a contract. This is done by using a simple contractual phrase, something along the lines of each musician executing the contract quotes individually and collectively, end quotes, as a member of whatever group. The reason for this is simple. The manager will not want the band to try to get out of a management contract by simply breaking up. It's a common term, so expect to see it or use it. 
What happens in situations where a band member is actually leaving or joining or being replaced? Some management contracts seek to control the addition of new members and require management approval for such a substitution or replacement. One can imagine that most bands would seek to negotiate this clause out of any first draft of the contract, given the strong feelings of independence that most bands have. The most common term that I see remain in the contract is the clause that requires any new member to sign on to the same management contract that the other band members have signed, and this makes perfect sense. Our next point. Some management contracts state that, if required, the artist agrees to sign a direction to cause any third parties that owe money to the artist to pay that money to the manager. Directions are usually a one-page document that authorize payment in simple terms, something like, quote, this document is your good authority to pay whatever dollars to my manager, end quote. In doing this, that third party who is making the payment can take that debt off their books and the manager notes the receipt. Directions can help simplify the care of the artist's business affairs in most cases. Can a manager or an artist ever assign a contract to another party? Most contracts will permit some form of assignment, but they are usually very limited given the personal nature of the services provided under the contract. For example, a manager may not be able to assign the agreement to anyone except to a party that purchases all or the majority of that manager's assets. If the artist has a key person clause in the contract, then even that type of assignment will be disallowed unless the manager is going to be present at the new entity. Most artists are not allowed to assign their rights and obligations under a management contract either, except to a corporation that is owned or controlled by them. Such corporations are set up for tax purposes, but those details won't be discussed here. If the artist does not see that type of assignment permitted, the artist should seek to have it added in to the contract. Our next series of issues deals with a few of the basic deal points that one would find in most entertainment business contracts. These clauses are sometimes referred to as boilerplate terms. The first of these boilerplate terms are the representations and warranties that an artist is expected to attest to in these types of contracts. Representations and warranties center around those facts that are material to the validity of the contract. If an artist signs off on a representation or warranty and it is not true, that artist can expect to have to compensate the manager for any costs the manager might incur as a result of that falsehood. Such representations and warranties usually involve statements to the effect that the artist is free to enter into the contract, i.e. that they have not already signed another exclusive management deal with another manager, and or that they have reached the age of majority in that state or province where they can sign a contract as an adult. Accounting and audit clauses will also be common to all management contracts. Pursuant to these clauses, the manager will usually be required to provide the artist with a periodic statement of income and expenses and a payment of some sort. As I mentioned before, the frequency of the payments can be a point of discussion for the parties and will be determined by the needs of the artist. The rendering of the general financial statements can be done on a monthly or at a maximum quarterly basis, as artists sometimes end up directly collecting monies on which they will owe the manager his or her commission, 
It is common to find that the accounting and audit clauses will also apply to the artist in the same way that they apply to the manager. One can also expect to see clauses that will spell out how the parties are to send each other official written notices if they are required. There will also be clauses that choose the law of a certain jurisdiction to apply to the terms of the contract. And finally, there will often be a clause that states that the artist has been advised to get legal advice on the terms of the contract from a lawyer experienced in the entertainment business. Such a requirement is to anticipate the claim that the artist did not know what they were signing if the artist ever tries to get out of the contract. There's one last word I also want to add, and it applies to the duties of a manager. It is common to see clauses that provide that the manager is not required to seek live engagements or other forms of employment for the artist. This clause is particularly important for those states that have laws regarding the licensing of talent agents and require that any person seeking employment for the artist be licensed by the proper state authority. If the person seeking to book the artist is not so licensed, that person will run afoul of the local laws, and there have been instances where entire management deals have been found to be null and void because the manager got the artist gigs but was not licensed to do so. The laws of the state of California come to my mind first in this regard. Check with legal counsel in your jurisdiction or the jurisdiction whose law is chosen for the contract as to whether you need to be aware of any particular laws on this matter. That concludes my review of musical artist management agreements. I hope this has been helpful. I'm Mark Quayle. Thanks for listening to the Music Law Podcast. <laughs>